Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Proudmouth. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help get you there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It's time to find a new perspective on what works, why, and how to move your business forward. Listen in as Matt Halloran interviews guest experts to help you be your own loud. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today we're going to dive into return on investment because I just had an amazing call with somebody. So we're going to dive into that. But on the end of the last podcast, Kirk and I talked about uh, YouTube and some of the statistics that are, are out there with the amount of content, because we were talking in the last podcast about podcasting not being oversaturated where some of the other media uh, outlets are. So Kirk, before we really jump into the ROI, why don't we uh, do the statistics and then we'll jump into the content for today. We probably should have done these on the spot when we really realized we didn't get the stats because it only took about five seconds to grab this. But anyhow, we pushed it to the next podcast. So here we are. So these are some really interesting stats. By the way, I got this from a website called merchdope.com. Wow. That is hilarious. You know what? We got, you know, our new brand, Proudmouth. We've had some paraphernalia coming into the into the house here and my kids have seen it. And my seven-year-old says, Dad, you got some new merch. That is so cool. I love your merch, man. And it's like, oh my merch, what? Anyway, merch dope. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so here, here's some really cool facts. First YouTube video was uploaded in on April 23rd, 2005, 15 years ago. Total number of people who use YouTube is 1.3 billion. Oh. 300 hours of video are uploaded on YouTube every minute. I had to count the zeros there, by the way, in my eyes. 300 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute. Almost 5 billion videos are watched on YouTube every single day. YouTube gets over 30 million visitors per day. There's way more, but I'm not going to read those. Is that really all you need to know? I mean, the rest of it's just whatever for the advertisers. Anyway, so we were talking in the previous one about people this myth that podcasting saturated. I don't think anybody's worried about YouTube videos not getting seen if you're doing it. I mean, we're not even close. Anyway, mic drop. It's not saturated. Podcasting's not saturated. Let's move on. Yeah, What's the topic nobody, today? And nobody ever says that YouTube is totally saturated. All right. So so we're going to talk about ROI today. And as, as the lead into this, I'm going to share this story. So recently we got a referral from one of our Canadian clients, and it's a referral to an accountant uh, who runs a, a, it's about a thousand client firm that he deals with directly with either business stuff or tax returns. And and I was talking to him about, about what, who we are and what we do. And He'd already been on our client's podcast, so he had experienced it already. And one of the things that he said was, Matt, do you know of any other accountants in my area who are adding podcasting as a client communication tool? And of course, I Googled it real fast, much like Kirk just did with YouTube, and uh, there wasn't, right? And, and especially in the, you know, our, our northern friends in, in Canada, podcasting just has not really taken hold. And so he would be a, an early adopter, right? Somebody right out of the gate. And he said, you know, Matt, the main reason I want to do this is because it's going to add so much value to the sale of my business. And so I wanted to dive into it a little bit more deeply. So I did. I asked him a couple other questions and he said, here's what I want to do. 
I want to use the podcast to create a community and a community of people who do business with my firm. So I have about 200 businesses and I want to interview those businesses and have those businesses offer discounts to my listeners to increase their business and also start making it so that people will listen to the podcast because every time they listen to a podcast, they're going to get introduced to a new business that I already work with. He's got 200 of them, right? And it's also going to give an opportunity for them to save money, which as an accountant, of course, I like. And I, I brought it back to Kirk and the executive team with Lisa. We hear about ROI all the time, return on investment. You know, we don't talk about return on time. We don't talk about return on long-term equity play in your business. We don't talk about return on effort, right? How much time do you and your team have to put into doing this stuff? And today we're going to break down some of the other things that you have to focus on with starting a podcast and how it can truly help you in other components of your business. Kirk, that's one of the, that's one of the funniest comparisons we, we ever get. I've ever heard from the financial service industry is, which has been predominantly driven by either referrals or seminars for, for decades. Right. The funny one I always get is when, when advisors start reciting their ROI for seminars mm -hmm. and they leave out, they leave out all their team's time. They leave out their time they leave out the years it took them to get good at creating that presentation. There's so many things that I find that advisors leave out of that ROI equation and it blows my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I know that when we do podcasts with people, and I'm not mad about this in case everybody's wondering, <laughs> it's not, it's not a big bone of contention. It's just, it's just people forget about things sometimes, right? What did it really cost me to do this? And what could my staff have been doing? Instead of that, like maybe getting better at financial planning, reporting, client retention stuff, client experience. Anyway, now I've totally lost my train of thought. Let's get into this. Anyway, I, it happens yeah, yeah. all the time. Yeah. We've got some key points here. Um, but there's yeah. a question. Ask the question because I want everybody to hear how you freight and position all of these. Well, what comes before the lead? Yeah. What becomes before, before the opportunity? Like what, what's actually happening in your marketing before you get there. And people, I guess that's one kind of perfect segue. I didn't even mean to, which is people forget about the things that makes things happen, right? You just jump in your car, drive your kid to hockey or go to the beach, whatever you're doing. There's so many other things that happen to, to make that possible. And one of those things that you do, right? It's automatic, right? So we've got five things that happened before that are so powerful that people forget about all the time. And if you can focus on these things, you'll understand marketing a lot better. First one is credibility. And if you're doing content marketing and you're distributing that marketing through digital media, you're essentially scaling credibility. We talk about that here all the time. It's a huge concept to get in your, to understand in your mind, but credibility is huge, right? Are you seen as a subject matter expert and eventually an authority? Credibility is big deal. If you're just a salesperson, that's not credibility. It, just because somebody refers you, there's a big trend that's happened. I don't know how many years, but let's call it last five to 10. And there's research coming from places, and I can only take it with a grain of salt to, to a degree because sometimes people have research has um, goals that they want to get from it. Oh, sure, right? sure. It's their own storyline. This research basically says that we're moving away from referrals, referral based, the financial services industry 
I know there's a moving away from referral based to digital attraction based. And that's a pretty big shift. That's been a, that's a big shift in the financial service industry is why that happened. But credibility is a huge part of that. If either one of those, you need it. Just because somebody refers you doesn't mean you're auto credibility through the roof, right? You got to earn that. And most people aren't doing very much to earn it. And that's a big problem, right? So trust is everything. Well, almost. According to Seth Godin, he says that marketing is simple. Attention and trust are everything. How are you getting attention and trust? It's not an ad for social security, no obligation meeting on social security or how to save on taxes in your business. It's it's edu- more educational based and you've got to figure out how to gain attention and trust because they are marketing. So years ago when we were building brands and websites, brand depth was always one of the sticking points for a lot of the experts that I was helping. How I would always say, how are you going to prove your brand? I, you can hire any good marketing marketer to create fancy marketing copy, put a nice picture, nice graphics, beautiful website. Does it actually mean anything? Is there any depth to it? Can people, can you actually gain much credibility? Do you have a paper, a podcast, a blog, a video, a book? What do you got? What do you got that's going to prove that you're the expert? So credibility, as you can imagine, is huge. Not a lot of people are doing a good job. Specificity is a big one. Who do you currently serve? Who do you want to serve? Why should they care? And what do you solve? If you can't identify with specificity who you work with, why you work with them, why they should care, what you, what you solve for them, that's a problem in your marketing. Well, it's not that people have completely disregarded credibility and specificity. If I go back to the example of, of seminars, those were a quick, fast way to say, hey, we work with these kinds of people. It was usually asset-based, right? If you've got over $500,000, you should come listen to our state planning seminar. Don't, leave, don't hang your kids out to dry and pay the government too many taxes. Pretty much the same thing in every one of those uh, seminar ads for 20 years. So there's some specificity. You got to have, you meet this criteria, the asset criteria, stuff, stuff like that. But specificity is huge. You want people to understand, you want to work with the right people, those ideal people, people that want your advice, people that work in a certain career, industry, certain st- uh, stage of life, certain situation, could be kids with children with special needs. That was one of my favorite specificity advisors from years ago. I think they were in the Kansas City area, Overland Park. He had a, a child with special needs and he said it was incredibly gratifying to do planning for, and I know it was a really important part of his business. One of the things that you're, you're saying with specificity that I want to, I want to highlight here is you have the opportunity to market to exactly who you want to attract. Now, it's not 100% foolproof. There'll be there'll be some outliers, but let's just take the special needs thing as an example. That is not only their passion, but also something that uh, they have personal experience with creating this sort of before the lead situation that we're talking about here with specificity. You can start warming this, this group up, right? You can, by providing them with really good information, and I bring this this 
client up all the time. He's not a client, he's an old client of mine who works with nurse anesthetists, right? It took him 10 years of be, becoming, and now he's that guy where literally he speaks at their conferences for free in order to, because he's the guy who focuses on that. He didn't have the acceleration. He had to do all of that hard work because when he started 10 years ago, it's actually 15 years ago now, in order for him to really get a foothold, he didn't have what we've built and what other people have built and what Seth Godin is talking about. What's the the story that came up recently? I think it was one of a guest that was on our top advisor marketing podcast that they had a book and now that book is being used. Oh so somebody God. listened to that podcast. I'll let you tell it. Yeah. So Brian Ursu's his name. He's a, another financial advisor, friend of mine. He re recently wrote a book called What's Next. And it's about talking to your children and really just having conversations surrounding money. And he was on our top advisor marketing podcast. And then he shared it with his network, which we of course always appreciate. And there's a, there's a financial planning university in Texas, which by the way, is like the financial planning university in Texas. And one of the professors end, ended up using his book in a course, right? Talk about freaking credibility, dude. Uh, now Brian can say that my book is now being taught in financial planning, uh, financial planning university because of his passion and his specificity. He does multi-generational financial planning. That's what he does. And now he is known within the educational community as the guy. So that's, that's a great, yeah, that's a cool story. I love that guy. Yeah. There was some, uh, two podcasts ago, you said something about I'm smiling ear to ear. You're always, you're almost always smiling. That's, that's a wonderful thing. Anyway. And you're, and you love everybody. Dude, I'm like do. a big, no, it loves you're like a, you're a huggy. I'm not saying I'm just joking about that. No, I don't. We're so far away. We can't, we can't hug. Anyway. You know, we can bring it back. And here's how we bring it back. Right. It's the passion that I have for this <laughs> stuff, right. Is exactly the level of passion that I want you to think about. If you're going to podcast about something, what freaking makes you smile, right? That's where everything is going to get. And, and moving to this next key point on, on the things that happen, we believe that that level of passion also helps you gain something that's critical in marketing that most of you don't have. Most of you have what Kirk and I refer to as sunk marketing costs, right? You do a seminar, you get in front of 150 people, 10 people show up, one person becomes a client, you just lost that money. You didn't gain any momentum. We help gain momentum and that's so important, which is one of these other true return on investments, which is momentum. Kirk, take that away. So the idea is that marketing that, that creates momentum before a lead comes in, right? That that's that's what you want to focus on. What do you what do you find? What can you implement that over time is just going to keep getting better and better? One of the great things about podcasting or marketing in general, the idea of marketing should be that it does get more valuable over time, right? I mean, sometimes things that you know, things change, right? Evolve, marketing evolves, mediums evolve, things like that. But while it's there, as an example, podcasting, when you have 50 podcasts, it's way more credible than when you hit 10. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's another stat that we've haven't used for shared for a long time. And that's that 90%, I think it's kind of similar to business. 90% of podcasts never get past 10 episodes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, momentum is huge. If you can keep doing something that keeps getting more every time you add an increment, the value gets even more. That's incredible, right? So you want to think about that as not only 
the return you're getting, but what you should be looking at for return is momentum. That's, that's huge. Can you create marketing that keeps getting better and better and better? And at some point, like the example we've used a number of times with, with uh, Larry Heller, our first podcaster, it wasn't until the 18 month mark that he started getting yeah. direct opportunities for this. And some were indirect too, but he hit it out of the park that next 12 months. And he, and he, and I talked to him recently and he was giddy. He's like, man, this just keeps blowing up. It's, it's beautiful. You know, we're really excited for him and, and all the other people who are experiencing the same thing. Did I well, hit everything in momentum? You, you, you did. And, and I, and I, I love that. But, but exception of, of, are you getting better? Right. And one of the great things mm -hmm. about doing really good marketing is it helps you practice communicating who you are and what makes you unique and different. And what that does is that helps build confidence, which in turn is going to help you when you are in that situation of needing to convince somebody to do your, you know, to, to work with you. Now, Kirk, though, I, I, I saw the mind map before we started podcasting. This next one, I don't see how this is what comes before leads. So I, I need you to break repeatability down a little bit. I understand why you need to have- So you're saying I'm wrong. Is that what well, you're trying I, to say? I am. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see how this is, uh, you, you got to convince me of this one. Because okay, well, hold on, credibility makes an enormous amount of sense. Specificity, right? That's what happens before you start generating the right people coming to you. Momentum, which we just talked about, which is magnificent. But I don't, I don't see how repeatability fits into this, but the last one does. So help, help me with your thinking on this. Repeatability, the idea of is from, and why it's on our list is that when you can figure out what's working and you can replicate that, repeat that all the time, mm. that there's, if you can't re replicate it, then it's not a return. But if you can replicate it, then it becomes a big part of the momentum and the ROI, the return, because... So it's, it's almost like you have to think about what, what am I doing in my marketing? And can I recreate that all the time? And if you can recreate it or you can look for and find what works better, then that can have a huge impact. We get feedback from our listeners when you and I are a little more unguarded. We mm -hmm. let our guard down more conversational and have a little more fun that's come across. I'm not saying, I'm not saying everybody likes that, but we get back that back from some, what I call our fans. Mm -hmm. We've probably, you know, opened up that up a little bit more recently and I'm grateful for that kind of feedback. If you don't agree with that, <laughs> you're welcome to provide that too. <laughs> but repeatability and, and Matt threw me under the flame here or over the flame, whatever you want to say. I, I think, I think it is, I think it is important. I think it fits here that if you, if you can repeat what's working and you're paying attention to that, that has a huge impact on the return you're going to get. And so maybe it is after and you're, and you're kind of reverse engineering, huh? but I, th I think it still fits okay, here. That anyway, blow it apart if you can. No, 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 that makes total sense. And I, I love that. It, it's the idea that the, so it actually really kind of goes into to yeah. momentum, right? When I can repeat it and I'm really repeating it and I'm getting that consistent message out there in the mediums that my clients prefer while they're there, that makes, that makes total sense. I think it's not just repeating like tactically, sometimes it's repeating just being good at the podcast, right? That could be one thing. Or, or what do you want to get better at? You can say, well, I don't know if we were able to kind of create that same atmosphere in that podcast. How do we do that? Because mm -hmm. we got a lot of feedback or that one seemed to go viral or was it a topic or was it just us having fun? You know, what was it? Or was it the guest or anyway? Mm -hmm. So the, I think repeatability 
uh, beat this one to death. We've repeated okay. repeatability uh, quite a few times. Well, you've said the word a bunch. Luckily, this is not a drinking game because you'd be under the table. All right, the last one here, which are the, the key points. So I'm going to go back over this credibility. We should add some words that when people are listening, they have to take a drink. Like words that we say all the time. Here's the problem, though, is is a lot of people listen to our podcast while they're driving. So that's oh, probably yeah. a really bad idea. Well, some some listen while they're at home cooking dinner exercising too. see that's what we should okay, do if you're at home cooking dinner and you've got a glass of wine every time we say what well it's too late now you just said repeatability like 900 times okay well we'll think of that in an upcoming episode <laughs> we'll figure out what that word is we'll turn this into a drinking game could be coffee could be Boy, yeah. Lord knows I don't need any more of that. All right. What's so the fifth one before we lose our yeah, listeners here? Yeah. So it's it's sustainability. And and I believe that this is one of the most important ones. So Kirk, just take mm -hmm. it away because this is fantastic. My head is nodding. Absolutely. Yeah. How good is marketing that starts and stops? <laughs> Not very. How much credibility do people get when they come to your site and say you haven't written a blog in 12 months? Can you do that? Oh, actually, you're ex excellent with the sound effects today. Let me see if I can ask another one. This is oh. good. Let me see if you got a third one in you. How do you achieve sustainability? You find something that you know that you can keep doing because it's fun. It doesn't take you a ton of time. You got a process in place. You got a team in place. This is really leading to outsourcing the stuff, by the way, mm -hmm. because that's one of the best ways to sustain. I've told our listeners, I think every other podcast recently, that one of the biggest reasons for our growth here at our company, one of the reasons we moved from top advisor marketing to, to proud mouth, because we've been able to outsource really key functions, not the service deliverability, but the team it takes for us to be better at marketing, create a new brand, uh, be better at data and analytics. What are some other things? Email, creating our uh, yeah. CRM, you know, build, setting up our CRM and all the triggers. Like we didn't hire full-time people. We outsourced a whole bunch of stuff that kept us from having to invest too much in labor and talent early on. And it's been a huge impact. We have leveraged the gig economy to a huge extent. That's been a big part of our sustainability. The other one is that our marketing is easy to fulfill. Mm -hmm. We do spend a lot on marketing by internally, but it works and we can sustain it we can help you sustain it if you want, or you can find a team to help you sustain it. But I think outsourcing is a huge part of sustainability and also making your marketing simple, fun, and really important, synergistic. Yeah. If if you're marketing, if you do four things and they it's like you're doing 10 because they're all working together and playing off each other, that is huge, right? We've gone through this a lot of times, but I'll go through it for anybody who's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go Go through that again. Produce content, produce a podcast. This is really our model, by the way. This is uh, the caramel secret. We share it all the time because we don't care because nobody wants to do this stuff. So the caramel secret is this, produce a podcast, right? Have a professionally produced, get all your brand, your graphics, intro, all that kind of stuff done. Produce your podcast, cut, do a, transcribe that, pick out key talking points, write a summary, take those key talking points, move to step two, uh, or sorry, take that podcast and publish it, publish it to syndicate it, syndicate it to communities like iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. So you can syndicate that with one, one RSS that goes to all those places. So it auto, auto sends every month when you put out new podcast episodes and you can publish it to other places too. 
for us, we publish it to about four or five different places that get traffic and, and awareness uh, for our clients. Some of those are really important ones like Google. I won't tell you how we do it, but we'll maybe another day. Anyway, too much detailer. The third thing is multiply. So take those key talking points and turn them into audiograms or audio clips. We call them snippets here. Turn them into quotes or quote memes. And then we even take the summary, turn it into a live action video, not a live action, sorry, text motion video. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden you get all these little bits of content, we call them snippets, then write social media copy for all those to give them context. What is this about? So that when they go into it, they know exactly what the meaning of it is. That's really important because I see all the time, check this out. Oh my gosh, check this out is the stupidest social media lead in of all time. Yeah. It's it, you're wasting everybody's time. Tell them what's in there. Why would they want to click on that? Please do not say, check this out. I w- I've been an idiot for over half of my career saying stuff like that. Like, who do I think is going to trust me that much that when I say, check this out, if you get that influence or authority status for years and you're a, you can probably, you might get away with that stuff. Anyhow, I, I digress. Now we're at all kinds of social media copy. You got all kinds of snippets. Now you got to share this stuff, share this stuff every day, right? Find good times, run a program like Sendable. We use Sendable. We have an enterprise version of this, man. It makes life a lot easier. So many cool things you can do with it, save time. And so Sendable, we can, we can set up stuff so that it auto sends throughout the whole year on certain dates. Then we can add uh, newer stuff on two week. We do two week calendars for every episode we do for people. And we share the stuff through multiple networks with one click or automation. Yep. And then it just replicates. That's really important to share, get your stuff out there. One that we don't do that people need to do on their own is always, always send out your podcast episode, your latest podcast episode, or whatever news you want to share through your email. Yes. You don't have an email newsletter sharing the content marketing. You're missing a big opportunity. Well, hold on. There's one other thing that we don't do that's vital, which is monitor the social media communication. So after you do all of the stuff that Kirk's talking about here, you do need to have somebody on your team who's going to watch your LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook and see what's coming back through an email so that you can respond in a timely manner. But Kirk, that's not it. So we keep going. You're on five. Now you've got an incredible content marketing system. What you don't have probably is a huge audience Mm -hmm. because most people haven't done a great job of getting every client, everybody they've ever met on their LinkedIn or Twitter or YouTube, whatever it happens to be. Unfortunately, you're going to have to, or fortunately you can boost it. So there are a whole bunch of different ways to boost it. We have five different ways right now. I think we keep adding to it and we got more we want to do run some Facebook ads of your post run web ads of your post. Just try to get people, don't run an ad that has an offer to sit with you for a meeting because it ain't going to happen. Nope. But run an ad that says, here's some content. And look, if you just use one of your posts, it has context, which is basically like an ad. And then you've actually got the content there. So that can be huge, right? Try to get people, try to get attention. Attention and trust are huge. So if you can increase attention and you've got all the that leadership for trust, that's an incredible combination. So just work on attention, boost it through Facebook ads, website ads, or retargeting or remarketing, they call it now. That's one way you could buy Google ads or Google AdWords. A lot of competition and financial services for that. But if you're in another industry, there may be more opportunity. Healthcare insurance are not good ones either, but there's other ways to get to people. SEO is another one. Can you enhance, do little things to enhance your SEO so you get more attraction from organic search? 
and you can build your LinkedIn connection boosts. You can do Facebook like campaigns, stuff like that. The thing about those is what you really want to do is focus on your content all the time. Yes. Even, even when we run LinkedIn connection boosting campaigns, we're really doing is we're sharing ideas. Uh, we're sharing thought leadership as the point of, of connection. This is why you might want to connect with me because I would love to share my podcast and other content with you from time to time. That's kind of it. Yep. And how many people have a podcast and reach out to somebody on LinkedIn and say, Hey, I got a podcast. I'm looking for listeners. I hope it's up your alley. Looking for feedback. You know, I hope you yeah. find value in this, but, but pause there because here's the thing we're talking about sustainability. And if you look at all of those things that Kirk just talked about, we calculated and cause we do this for a living, it'd be about 80 hours of outsourced work with 11 different job descriptions in order to execute everything that, that Kirk just talked about in sustainability. And as a shameless plug, what you do with us is you show up, we hand you the microphone, we ask you questions, you get done with it, and then we do everything that Kirk just said, right? And so, more because well, I and more. didn't want to get into the details. But well, yeah. sure. And, and I mean, you know, that, that also includes all of the podcast coaching stuff that we do, help you come up with topics, all of those other things that are concerns. But when you're concerned about sustainability, this is why most people have fits and starts with our marketing, because mm -hmm. they're not working with a company that allows you to stay in your lane, that they'll do everything else, everything, all of that stuff that he just outlined is, is what you get in our packages. Now, you, you haven't, you just highlighted something here on the mind map. Did, did we miss something in sustainability? No, no, we didn't. It's just me moving around there. Oh, you're just moving around the mind map. All right. You did a wonderful job. I can't, I can't ream you today for missing one of the points. <laughs> like I did on the last one. Yeah, that was fun afterwards. You're like, dude, what happened? Anyway, the, the overall goal here for this podcast was to talk about all of the different sorts of things you need to take into consideration with your marketing budget when it comes to return on investment and all of the things that need to happen before you focus on the end result, which is where most of you have been terribly spoiled, which is leads, butts and seats. There's all sorts of work that needs to happen. And if you do it correctly with all of the things that Kirk and I have talked about today, when those butts do get in the seats, they are fans, they're not skeptics, and you don't have to sell because they know who you are, what you do, and why in God's name they should hire you. Kirk, final thoughts. I was going to say not to come back to me because there's some loudness going in my background, but hopefully you can't hear it. Sounds like a herd of elephants just ran through them outside my door. Anyway, uh, key points here. I'll just going to repeat them. Credibility, specificity, momentum, repeatability, and sustainability. These are really important return on, on investment in marketing and pay attention to those because if you can get those four things working for you, everything else will take care of itself. That return that you really want, which is growing your business, revenue, profitability, new clients, better clients, all that, it all happens. The process is thinking about how you're going to get those four things done, five things done, sorry. Yeah, that that's the key. Focus on those five things. The, the process will work out. All right, everybody. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, please make sure that you follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can also email me, matt at topadvisorm.com. If you know somebody who really needs to have this kind of wake-up call that ROI isn't really what they think it is, and all of the great things that you need to do before you really see any return on investment, please make sure you share the podcast with them. It's super easy. Finally, 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 
you know, if you've got, you know, a minute or two, just click on the, the rating of our podcast. You know, give us a quick review. We would really appreciate that. It's always good to get feedback that way. And it also helps us with visibility because our entire goal here is to help you rise above the noise, be your own loud and really f- truly change the way that you change, you, you, you communicate and sell and bring in new business. That's what we want to do here. All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how to be your own loud podcast, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend educational webinars, and sign up for Influence Accelerator Academy.